Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. Tuesday, October 12th, my nephew's birthday. Not that anybody knows or cares, but I do. Happy birthday, nephew. Happy birthday, nephew, and I've got to remember to call him. Um, so today's topics, among others, uh, Ashley Babbitt insurrection, good Hillary Clinton video we're going to talk about in that context. Uh, Texas has a new vaccine mandate ban we're going to talk about, uh, more Texas COVID stuff, and maybe other stuff, maybe not. Let's see from there. Because I think knowing how we talk, that could be a full discussion right there. But um, but first, Cliff. Hello, Cliff. Um, well, hello, John. It was Vladimir Putin's 69th birthday a few days ago, and the Russian Foreign Ministry sends out a tweet honoring him on their big, you know, Russia at Russia account in their Twitter. He listen and listen first. Listen to the text. It shows a picture of Putin walking with a bear, which is kind of weird. He's walking with a bear. <laughs> I'm guessing it's Russia's. Mascot is my guess, right? Well, didn't, didn't we like do that? Wasn't that the old Reagan ad, like with the bear is representing the Soviet Union? Is oh, that's that, like, right. Yeah, thing? slouching. I feel like, that's a, I feel like yeah. that's a thing, right? So maybe well, it's their maybe... <laughs> it's their thing. I think, but maybe their, there's a message yeah. in there. Is what I'm saying, as in Soviet Union, as an empire. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. So but. he's walking with a bear that's like two feet tall, but they look like they're walking hand in hand. A little weird. And it says, he inspires films, books, poems, news, even myths and legends, exclamation point. It's not done yet. This is pure North Korea. I mean, I mean, pure North Korea, right? <laughs> one, of the mo- one of the most popular world leaders, president of Russia. I mean, I mean, again, one of the most popular world leaders. People fucking hate him. <laughs> so one of the most popular world leaders, president of Russia in 2000 to 2008. And since 2012, Vladimir Putin is celebrating his birthday today. And then they put two hashtags. Keep calm. I don't know what the fuck that means. And Putin 69. What? So I, because he's 60, because he's turning 69, I have been trying, and this is what, again, I probably would have thought about that message. Well, I guess it doesn't mean anything over there. I, you think it's on purpose because he's, he's showing his sexual, uh, I, I wonder, I try and try and try to get people to do the right thing. But as I think I've told you before, I've always lamented that like, I'm Cassandra from Greek mythology. I've been gifted with the gift of foresight and nobody will believe me. That was her. Sorry, but I'm going to have to take that credit too. Because uh, same thing. Nobody believes. We'll get to the topic that we're talking about. One of the topics we're talking about this week, the media where everybody's suddenly now joining me, but okay. Exactly. But nobody believes you when you say it. And that's the gift is you have the, that was her curse. She had the gift of foresight and no one would believe her. Well, in this case, I was telling people last night, gosh, wouldn't it be just awful if people sent a bunch of images out along the theme of Putin 69, but they weren't exactly the kind of images Putin would like and hashtag Putin 69, because then the entire thread of Putin 69 stuff would be basically pornographic images of Putin and whatever. Isn't Putin 69 that weekend that Donald Trump spent at the Moscow Hilton? I'm telling you, Cliff, the fun, it's easy. you could, and it would piss him off and it would freak them out because they'd be going, they'd have to delete the tweet probably because they'd be like, holy shit, the entire thread is a bunch of pornographic things about Putin. And then Putin would get pissed. I mean, you know. Also, it can only make me think, I can't help it, of um, of, of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I mean, Bill, (laughs) because like Putin 69, dude. That's what, that's what I feel like saying whenever I hear that. Oh yeah. No, Bill and Ted. Tell yeah. me you've seen it, John. I never saw it. I oh, my God. It. Is it a not gay-friendly movie? Is that what it is? I just thought it was 
sounded dumb. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I mean, it is, right? But, but it, it is sounded dumb. Dumb. Like dumb. It's whether you can find things dumb in a funny way, funny, yeah. which I do, yeah. depending on how it's executed. In any well, case, he finds things dumb in a funny way. He's special. Or funny in a dumb way. Or fu- dumb. <laughs> do whatever you like. He's special. And to me, it's, it's funny as shit. In any so, case, that's not what we're talking yep. about today. We're talking about Putin 69. Yep. So let's move on to the serious stuff. So, um, a lot of insurrection news. Let's start first with a with a video of Hillary on the View. Hillary Clinton. Uh, she's been very vocal lately. She wrote an op ed recently about all of this. She's been very good about really sounding the alarm bells about where things are heading. Let me um <clears throat> let me play this. It might be it's a, it's almost two minutes. Okay. Secretary, now we know uh, from a new Senate report that Trump directly and repeatedly tried to pressure leer- leaders at the DOJ to overturn his election loss based on election fraud laws. Those attempts to delegitimize de- de- President Biden's win sowed enough doubt to incite the insurrection on January 6th. So how close do you think we came to a full constitutional crisis and how accountable do you think President Trump should be for that? You know, I think we not only came close to a full constitutional crisis, I think we're still in it. Yeah. And that gives me absolutely no satisfaction in saying this, because I think we're at a very dangerous, continuing, high-level attack on the legitimacy of our government and the election of our president. And obviously... Our former president uh, is not only behind it, he incited it, he encouraged it, and he continues to do so. And you have leaders of the Republican Party who have willingly gone along as though they're members of a cult, not a political party, but a cult. Uh, And they're continuing attacks on the election, their refusal, refusal to say, you know what, we've counted these votes, it's over we're going to move on, has sown so much doubt. And then you combine it with the disinformation network known as Facebook, and you've got a volatile mix. So yeah, we are still in the midst of a concerted, well-funded effort to undermine uh, American democracy. Isn't she so good at that? I mean, she really is. She's just freaking, go on. Well, first of all, she's just so good at summarizing (laughs) sort of I mean, that part of messaging, she's always great at. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was, it, it, sadly, it was some of the other stuff. It, it, if they could have kept her on that and then, well, I, you know, not just, had her talk I don't about. Think she, I don't well, think she campaigns just, well. If Come they on, had yeah, her not yeah. talk about her policies. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because the truth of the matter well. is. speaks well. Right. The truth of the matter is, sadly, is that policies should matter, but they matter on the margins at this point. People are voting on identity. They're voting on how comfortable they feel with your personality. They're they're voting on whether they think your party as an entity more represents them, which is the party brand. I would be the first to tell everybody that I think this is is an awful thing for democracy, but it it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We have to live in the world as it exists. And that's where most people are voting these days. And so that's that's when she got into trouble is when she started going into policy details. She should have saved those for for seminars when talking to people on the left that cared. As opposed well, you know to what, most of the country. I think, I think part of it was that the policy stuff were – I've said this before. I think she sucks at speeches. She's the Remember the example – and this is perfect. The example I gave was at the time she did a sit-down with Tweedy, uh, you know, Chris Matthews on MSNBC, and it was like a town hall meeting, and it's not a very big space. It was in the round, and she was being interviewed by Chris and then taking stuff from the audience – 
And she was as good as she was in that clip I just showed you. Yep. Somehow she just gets comfortable. She gets smart. She gets. I've said it before. I was in a room oh. here, you know, in, in Cincinnati. She came here and I was in a room, yep. maybe 100 people or less, maybe 75 people and her. And it was all supporters. And it, it was she was amazing. She was the most likable. Yeah. Yeah. She was completely comfortable. Something happens that when she gets up and gives a speech that she gets robotic. Yeah. Maybe it's the maybe I mean I, I look I've trained people in the media. Sp- yeah. Well it's not just whether you're a good public speaker or not. I've trained people before. It's it's different types of public speaking. As you just said, speaking off the cuff in an interview, she's great at. Yeah. But there are people who when they read a script, for whatever reason, that's script like a speech. So they read oh, their stuff and it's right. too detailed. They almost they, their personality changes. They turn oh, that, into robots. Right. They don't. I didn't think about it being script. You're right because she's reading a script in a speech, whereas she's never reading a script when she's doing these town hall meetings. Exactly right. You're right. Well, I think they should have yeah. they should have seen this in her and switched over to doing bullet points. Like, yeah, here's a I'm just going to say that. about this, and then yes. here's the topic. And because you're so brilliant and can think of every yep. detail anyhow, go off on your own on these. You know, these are the five bullets you need to get across. Go with it. Well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grew up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha steaks and burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code Stephanie, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code Stephanie. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. The keyword is Stephanie, omahasteaks.com. You know, that's one of the things they taught us in public speaking, not just, okay, TV, they give you three bullets, right? But, but in public speaking, they were like, don't write out your speech, try to write out, you know, even if it's 10 or 20 bullet points, write them out as bullet points. So you look and you go, oh yeah, because you know the topic. So you go, oh yeah, talk about, talk about Jenna Ellis going on Bannon's show or whatever. And I go, oh, okay, I know what that is. Talk about Adam Schiff's interview. And I go, oh yeah, I know what that is. So that each time I go, oh, now I'm going to talk about Adam Schiff's interview. Something really interesting happened. You're, you're almost telling anecdotes because you know it. Correct. I realized that it was written point, out, for yeah. me, the only time that I will write a speech out, like, you know, almost word for word for myself right. is if it's a topic I don't know very well. But whenever yeah. I can yeah. extemporaneously speak, and just go, you know, whenever it's something that I can, I, I, I know really well, that's yeah. what I do. I bullet point it. And it just comes, I think for people, it comes off much more natural. Yeah. You know, my, I mean, yes, there's a bigger risk that you'll say something stupid or get yourself in trouble. But that's the whole thing about Hillary Clinton is she's brilliant and doesn't do that. Yeah. Never seen her do that in, in, a, in a place where she just sort of answers questions. She's usually great. It's why she was right. great at debates and owned him at the yeah. debates. It's why yeah. she's great at, at sit down interviews because anywhere where she's just got notes and it's not like a, you know, in any case. Yep. Neither here nor there. The, the problem is, is in the end, um, these are all the sort of trends in our society that that right wingers have taken have used to their advantage, and we've often sort of stubbornly stuck to what we yep. do. They've been so, playing a different game because they realize, frankly, their contempt for for people, yep. and they're not always wrong. I hate to say, <laughs> which is they realize that that most people are sold on shiny objects. 
and that can over, yeah. you know, that's where we are. Let's move on from this. What I want to do is, um, what I mean is move on from sort of analyzing Hillary because we didn't really mean to get into that, but I just think it's interesting because she was so good. Let me play the Jenna Ellis clip, then get into this larger discussion on what we're talking about. So Hillary led us up with constitutional crisis. Jenna Ellis, who was Trump's election lawyer, remember her, and she's still rabble-rousing, goes on Seb Gorka's show on some screwy network, whatever it is, and is talking about this ongoing effort that Bannon is a part of everybody else's where Can they I say think, two more things before yes. you let me let you finish introducing it. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Um, they're, they're doing this thing where they're, they think they claim they're going to decertify the election. They're going to get a number of States to speak up and say, Ooh, we were wrong. Biden didn't get those electoral votes and the Congress will have to intervene and unmake Biden president, which doesn't exist, but I want to, uh, I want to play this and then talk about then why are they doing it since they're lying? But what do you want to say? Two things. Um, one, for fun, she was the person who really, Rudy Giuliani farted on, which is oh, always fun. Right, right. <laughs> when, he, when he was one of the was it Michigan? Always I don't remember been. which state when he was when he was giving all that bullshit. Which of course, more recently, when the legal legal uh, memos came out of his deposition, where he's like, "Yeah, I didn't have anything. I saw it on YouTube." They're like, "Did you do any further research?" No, you know, I thought it was figured. I saw it on YouTube. It was okay. So that, you know that kind of stuff. So that's the first thing about her. Second thing about her, and I think this is that was more funny that Rudy Giuliani farted on her, but more important, and, and I think we should always lay this stuff out for people who people are. Much like Kellyanne Conway, Marco Rubio, you can go through a list of them. She I, wasn't an original Trumper. She's a careerist, ordinary German, is what we should start referring to them. That book yeah. about how the Nazis came to power. Right. Just the ordinary Germans who just didn't want to upset their lives and their careers going well under Hitler, and you know, probably be okay. She, I mean, she may be, it's not even fair because she may be worse than that, like Kellyanne. She was one of the ones initially who criticized him and said how, how the, oh, he was going to be awful. That. Yep. He's going to oh, be awful for the Republican Party. Wow. You know, but, well, what happened was is she got it. He, he hired her at some point, I don't remember, and overlooked what she had said. I guess the staff yeah. convinced him. And she got a taste of the easy fame and money, the grifting yeah. circuit yeah. that comes with going and speaking at right wing things for you know, $50,000 where you, you basically wow. go and do almost nothing. And so she has literally sold out her entire soul wow. to this. She doesn't believe any of it. Like, like someone like Mike Lindell is a fucking nut. who's probably destroyed his company's reputation, destroyed the business. He's a legit crazy person, yeah. you know, who, who, but she's the other. And I think it's important to point these things out that, that she's the type of person that if you're being put on the, on the, on the train to a concentration camp is staying there with the gun, you know, pointing at you. And she doesn't actually care either way. It's like, that's who's paying her salary. That's who she is. So, all right, let me play this quick clip of her. Oh, yeah, this is a quick one. It's only a minute. So she's talking to Seb Gorka about this crazy idea of decertifying the election. And then we're also going to talk about decertification afterwards. But I also want to get into what are they up to? We know already that the election results in at least five of the swing states were irredeemably compromised. So we already have Why? sufficient evidence yep. for these states to decertify their electoral uh, results. And Not so what this means is that the state legislatures would pass a resolution through both chambers that essentially say that the Secretary of State's certification that was sent to Congress was based on false or faulty information. And that then would trigger 
uh, kind of a chain reaction because nope. then if at least three states do that and Joe Biden's electoral count drops but below the requisite 270 count, then Congress is going to have to deal with that. Decertification nope. is incredibly important for the record and to make sure that we are dealing with uh, every legal vote counting and counting accurately. Okay, can, can I go first? So this, do. doesn't, this doesn't even exist. There's no such thing as decertification. And the whole Electoral College Act and all this kind of stuff makes clear that once you get beyond a certain date in December, it's locked in stone. There's nothing you can do about it. This, the only way to get rid of a president is he dies. He or she, he or she, let's just say, whatever, he or she, they die. <laughs> um, yeah. They step down from office. They get removed under the 25th Amendment. They get removed under impeachment and conviction. That's it, baby. There ain't no other way. Congress can't intervene and decertify. It doesn't exist. Um, the There was a second little thing because what she said there that I was thinking, um, uh, shit, now I can't think of what it is. The um, Oh, shit, Cliff. Anyway, you can jump in. But that's Sorry. that's not even true. You've been listening to a free excerpt of the Unprecedented Podcast. To hear the rest of the show and hear all of our past shows and support our work as independent media, please go to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast and become a subscriber for as little as $5 a month. You can have all of our old episodes, see all of our Zoom interviews, and support the great work that we hope you think we're doing promoting the democratic and liberal agenda. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. See you next episode.